Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cult Cinema Catacombs. We are in month two of 2021, and dear God almighty, this year already. (laughs) (laughs) I... I, if, it, if, it, if it's not people uh, destroying Wall Street, then it's a woman destroying how nachos should be made. Um, it's also uh, my hole, so don't forget that. It's my hole! It's been this week. This week! Just this week that we're recording this. We're recording this like two days after the Super Bowl. We've had not only the weekend break every boomer's mind in America – but we also had live on WWE a woman scream, my hole. Yeah. You know, I feel seen, and I thank you for WWE for that, because there are times where I, too, find myself in situations screaming, my hole. So thank well, you. I'm, I'm glad. So, like, the revolution of women in wrestling has been amazing, you know, over the last, like, five or six years. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're finally to a point where women can sell bad the same way that men used to be able to sell bad. <laughs> you know, uh, so good good on them for letting a woman yell, my hole. Even if they did cut it, you can still find it. You can still find a woman yelling, my hole, because, because of a bad sell. <laughs> and then also... You should do a wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then also this week we found out a new way to make nachos, uh, which I will never do because, one, I don't have that much food to waste, and two, sanitary reasons. Uh, if nobody knows what we're talking about, go look up Nacho Hack. And let me just say, you will never look at nachos the same way ever again, nor Cold Stone Creamery. It's the only thing I could say about that. Well, but, but that's the thing. Like, I find these – okay, so, like, I find videos of people making ice cream, like, on a Cold Stone very relaxing. Like, I'll watch them where they'll make, like – you know, they'll take this stuff, they'll pour it on, and then they'll put the fruit in, they'll chop it up, and they'll 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 roll it. You know, yeah, the roll. Yeah, I love watching that. Yeah, that's what this is for me. It's just rolled ice cream nachos. I'm into it. <laughs> I'll make some. I don't give, I don't well, give a shit. She put her hands in there to crunch the chips. And I was just like, ah, nope. Sometimes you got to put your hands in the nachos, dude. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Sometimes. Have, it's like, we don't know if you've had your vaccine yet. So, yeah, no. Sometimes you got to rip fat cotton and get in there like, uh, <laughs> like jackass. <laughs> like like Bim Bam. What was his name on Jackass? Blam Bam? Oh, Bim, yeah, Bim, Bam Dot, Majera. Bim, yeah, Bim Dot Majera. Got to get in there with your hands <laughs> and make them nachos. It's the Super Bowl. <laughs> You're about to watch the weekend and the Court of Owls descend. <laughs> You've got to get your hands in them nachos, Roy. Yeah, I love that. I love that he had the... Uh, the the Jordan Peele us backup dancers uh, during the Super Bowl halftime show that was great and then all of a sudden out of nowhere it starts busting into Susie and the Banshees and I thought that she was actually going to appear on the field that been, like, oh my god that would have been over I was like wait a minute is Susie they've been trying to end America for the last four years that would have done it that would have done it if Robert Smith and Susie from Susie and the Banshees came out and did like Killing Time. It would have been over. Like, it would have been done. America would have descended into itself. It would have, America would have become a prolapsed country anus, just just blossoming into nothing. Live Journal would have reopened. It would have restarted Live Journal. 
It would have been the new parlor. Just oh, with a lot more God. eye makeup and red wine and bad poetry. <laughs> Which makes for a lovely four-way into um, our subject this Having month. a four-way? With the weekend and the girl making the nachos. Let's go. Go. Get your hand in there, girl. (laughs) Get your hand around that weekend face. So originally we were going to, since this is February and the month of Valentine's Day, I was originally going to have us do My Bloody Valentine. But that movie, as, as we've realized, has been done to death. And as much as it's a great film to talk about and it would have been fun to talk about both versions and everything, a movie from 1981 suddenly dropped onto Shudder. And I've never seen this thing. I've heard about it by reputation. And I went, okay, we need to do this one. And that is the 1981 movie, The Pit. Uh, This is a Canadian horror film. So right away, I'm like, I've got to see this. Even though it was filmed in Wisconsin, it is a Canadian horror film. Right. And this is about a a boy who befriends a possessed teddy bear, and it convinces him to convince people into jumping into a pit to be fed by monsters. A young Mark Wahlberg finds a teddy bear that is alive. (laughs) That's what this movie is. It's like a bizarre version of the movie Ted is what it he is. He can't find his cockies. <laughs> Help him. Help him, sir. So so some little things about uh, this movie. The, uh, the, the film stars someone by the name of Sammy Snyders, who is a child star in Canada. I love his pretzels. Uh, <laughs> apparently in Canada, besides this movie, The Pit, the biggest thing he's known for was starring in a Canadian television series called Huckleberry Finn and His Friends from 1979. Racist! Just saying. (laughs) So, yeah, so he went on to star in this film, The Pit. Um, It was a bomb, needless to say. (laughs) Um, Didn't do very well with the critics. In fact, it currently has a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes, which means dick to us. We're just like... No, bring on, bring this on. <laughs> we live, we live at the bottom of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, we survived films like uh, um, Dot and the Kangaroo. So yeah, you can't. We... Rotten Tomatoes doesn't mean shit to us. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? Um, Hell no! Don't don't position Rotten Tomatoes as a means for us to choose shit. We. <laughs> The one thing that sold me on having to do this movie is because, I mean, I like I said, I've only heard of it by reputation. And I remember seeing the artwork for the poster in video stores growing up and stuff. Uh, but when I was deciding whether or not to actually do this one, I found a clip online of him with this blind woman in a wheelchair. And suddenly out of nowhere just like zooming fast and furious style through the forest with her in this wheelchair while she's sitting there blind like ah 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 and then he dumps her into a pit right i went oh i'm sold (laughs) this is what the movie's like i'm sold (laughs) i'm i'm listen i'm into it from the point at which you know he's writing shit on a mirror um with to a woman that's in the shower behind him like this is this is gold i'm in 
I'm in. <laughs> uh, but there's some interesting little tidbits that I've discovered while researching uh, this movie. First of all, the, 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 the monsters apparently are known as trogs in this film, which cracks me up already because that's a reference to Joan Crawford's very last movie, Trog. Um, so we've got that connection going on here. Uh, on top of that, it is apparently suggested, I don't know if this is true or not, and if it is true, dear God, I love this, that the Trogs inspired the Ewoks. Really? Yes, apparently by, by don't know if this is true or legend or whatever, but legend has it that George Lucas took inspiration for the design of the Ewoks by the way the Trogs look in this movie. Aren't so they while like we're watching this, when big we're gross teddy bears spot, though. What's that? Aren't they just like big gross teddy bears? At least that's what I got from the trailer. That's what I'm thinking too. So while we're watching this movie, when we finally, if we finally do get to see the trogs in their whole form, just remember these may or may not have created the Ewoks. <laughs> so <laughs> sweet. I'm super. So, I'm super down. Let's go. <laughs> Also, another little tidbit that should be known about this film is that the director of this movie, his wife refused him to shoot any sex. of the nude scenes. Just, just in general, refused him sex until until he disavowed this film. <laughs> there you go. But she refused to allow him to shoot any of the nude scenes, so the screenplay writer had to shoot the sequences instead. <laughs> oh, this is getting good. This is getting good. <laughs> Also, the pit that we see in this movie, and I, I've seen this pit, and I'm looking at this pit, um, at least with the clip that we saw with the woman in the wheelchair. It looks like just your general pit. Apparently, it took two weeks to build this pit. And I'm thinking, enough meth on that set. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, how does it take someone two weeks to dig a hole in the ground? I know plenty of meth heads that'll build that'll dig you a pit in, a week, in like a day. I was going to say, you know, did easily. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> this is obviously a Canadian movie. An American movie would have had a ton of meth heads on set just <laughs> digging a pit. While making nachos. While making nachos with the weekend. It would have been great. Come on. Come on. Come on, Canada. Get your shit together. <laughs> So are you ready to experience the magic that is this film for the first time? Yeah. I mean, I think that we need, we do need to, this is the first film we've watched that has been explicitly Canadian. Yes. Like they are like everything I've seen about the movie is like Canadian horror film, Canadian film. And I'm like, are you really that proud of, (laughs) of, of this that you're going to, Canadian horror cinema is very interesting, and I, I, I think one of the main things we have to thank for um, Canadian horror being the way that it is is Cronenberg, because Cronenberg yeah. definitely put it on the map. But there's been some stuff that I've seen that has been, you know, this from the Canadian horror, the Canuck, Canuck horror, as some people call it, that makes me go, oh, well, that was a choice. You know, but, but not everything can be David Cronenberg at the same time. Well, but, uh, nothing can be if you're uh, Viggo Mortensen, who apparently is in love with Cronenberg. <laughs> I didn't know that until this week either. Yeah, apparently they, they yeah, he, I mean, the, the way he was singing the praises of this new film, I'm like, okay, chill out. 
Cronenberg. Who's going to give Cronenberg an Emmy? Like, why don't you calm down, Aragorn? Nobody <laughs> needs you yelling about David Cronenberg right now. Hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there going, "Well, you think his son's movie is good? Wait till you see his new film." Right. It's a shame. Cronenberg's a genius. Jeez, have you seen Extends? You seen Jude Law and Extends? He makes a tooth gun. <laughs> Calm down. Um, David yeah. Lynch is going to smack you in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's about time I think we've done. Well, uh, yeah, I think this is our first Canadian horror film that we did. I mean, um, I don't think tw- Twice Dead. Well, wait a minute, though. Was Twice Dead from Canada or? No, Twice. Twice Dead was from L.A., wasn't it? I mean, they filmed oh, yeah, that whole damn thing LA. in L.A. So, yeah, this is our first Canadian horror film. So, I mean, okay, I'm thinking of Australia. We've done two films from Australia. <laughs> of course we have. So, <laughs> Dot and the Kangaroo and Picnic at Hanging Rock. You just, uh, you, listeners who haven't listened to those episodes yet, you decide which one, based on those titles, was the better film. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It was not Dot and the Kangaroo. Um, Is there merchandise for this film? For the pit? Yeah. There was a book adaptation, and the book adaptation was called Teddy. Um, can I get a pit? Has anybody made a pit yet? I would <laughs> like to get a pit. <laughs> I think that was the only thing, uh, any merchandise-wise, that came out was, you know, the book. But, you know, there, there was not this sudden, you know... Um, uh, demand for uh, pits in the middle of forests or um, even though there's probably some blind wheelchair bound elderly people that deserve to be thrown into a pit but this didn't start a trend oh, or anything like that sure. well again that's that's on uh, that's on their marketing team they should really <laughs> Blair Witch this sucker <laughs> The thing that I love, though, about um, apparently the novelization for Teddy, they said, is supposed to be much more darker and much more serious in horror, which makes me go, oh, so they purposely made a goofball movie then with with, with the pit. And, and judging by the scene that I saw, I honestly, the only thing that was missing was the music in the background uh, when, he, when he shoves her into the pit. Well, the trailer I saw deemed this like a, a, a weird cross between a horror movie and an after-school special, which is like my two favorite things. So, <laughs> well, if we get a uh, young Helen Hunt jumping out of a window and cutting herself with glass because she's high on drugs, then so be it. So be it. That's what I say <laughs> about that. Alrighty, ready to dive into this pit? Yeah, kiss my ass, Helen Hunt. <laughs> All right. All right, gang. Well, we will be right back after we experience the joy that is the pit. Not that I don't love my son, Mr. Riley, I do. But I've never been able to understand an otherwise normal boy lives entirely in his own head. <gasps> Jimmy, what are you doing in here? I was just watching you sleep. And we had an incident here with some old lady in the community. 
seeing him swinging in the trees out back with nothing on except some Superman cape or something. He'll grow up. Surely, my dear, but into what? One of those hippies. No, he's not crazy. How old is your boyfriend? He's not normal. He's distressing. I think I'm going to tell her about the things. The secret? Careful, Jamie, careful. I know where there's a huge hole in the ground. Big hole in the ground? And at the bottom of the hole, down in the dark, there's some things. <laughs> Some awfully nasty people, don't we? All right, we're back. And I don't know about you, Andy, but I think that was the weirdest ABC after school special I've ever seen. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a <laughs> lot of different things. <laughs> Wow, what what a what a twisted, bizarre little movie that was. It was a um, lot of different things happening there <laughs> in one movie. I didn't know there was a lot of whiplash going on. I wasn't sure what was happening from one moment to the next. That's for sure. <laughs> it, it definitely was. Okay, remember that episode of South Park where they claimed that the writers were a bunch of manatees that picked up a bunch of balls and put them into the shoots and that's how they created their jokes. Yes. Yeah. I kind of feel that's how the writing was for this movie, well, uh, I, but in a good way. Cause I actually enjoyed this. I enjoyed it, but I am a sucker for an eighties horror movie. Like just to get, just to clue everybody in, it started as a psychosexual thriller. So I thought it was going to be a psychosexual thriller. <laughs> then it became a doll, uh, like a, like a possessed doll movie. Uh huh. Then it became a monster flick. Yeah. Then it became then it, a revenge film. Then it became a revenge film. But they they would just like uh, weave all of these themes. And 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 you're right. Like at some point it became an after school special. At some point it was like an R-rated Mr. Boogity. <laughs> like it just was everything like i don't know what they were trying to go for but in, in a weird way it worked just on a on a pure like nostalgic level at this point you know on a pure camp level it it works but i don't think they were should. going for camp that's no. the thing <laughs> no now it's definitely campy now you can yeah. watch it and be like how many sets of boobs is this 14-year-old boy going to see before the end of this movie? Oh, Apropos God. nothing. He was pervy. Oh, my God. And here's the thing is I hate judging a book by its cover, but this kid from the get-go really didn't give me an opportunity to like him at all because he had rat boy face. Well, not only that, but yeah, he had rat boy face. The yeah, movie like rat boy opens. Face. I was waiting for him. I was waiting for him to talk like Templeton from Charlotte's Web. I mean, the movie opens with him cutting nudie mags up or, or art books, quote unquote, and then and then pasting pictures of the librarian's head on him, and then watching her open said pictures. And he's sitting in the corner watching, like <laughs> you know, it's like some pervert behind a bush. 
Yeah, it's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. By it, the way, I, I love that for the librarian, we got Karen Black stunt double to play the librarian. Right, Mrs. Livingston, I believe was her name. Yes. <laughs> it's just, and, 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 the, and the scene where he's like torturing her on the phone, he's like, fine. She's like, fine. You want to see my tits? Look Here. at your body! Look at my body! And she's wearing like a leotard? Like, why? Why are you doing this? How did that work, by the way? Can I, can I, I need to, I need to cover how this is, how this worked. Uh, this is not sequential. Like, this is later in the movie. This is like an hour into the movie that this happened. But he's in the bushes taking Polaroid pictures of her naked, or half naked. Well, there's he's having a full on conversation with her on the phone. Keep in mind, this is 81. So he's having a full on conversation with her on the phone with a with a tape recorder at a payphone. How is that? How? Yeah, because 1981 tape recorder technology was not that clear. Well, not only so, was it that clear, but he's having like a call and response conversation. Yeah. Or with pauses and everything. And he's in the bushes outside of her house. The tape recorder is at some rando payphone somewhere, and this is happening? No! I thought at first it was the teddy bear, because it's very obvious the teddy bear has the same voice as this kid. And, you know, they they dropped the hint, which literally was like the Tommy Wiseau moment of this movie. They dropped the subplot and completely forgot about it for the rest of the film, that the bear was indeed alive and possessed. When the right. scene when the caretaker goes into the room and reacts to something, she walks away and the bear turns his head to look at her. I'm like, ah, so it is possessed, but it's never brought up again. No, and it's apropos of literally nothing that happens in the film. No, because it's not tied to the trogs in the in the pits, which is apparently a a a prevalent problem that the EPA needs to look into because it's just happening everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I mean, again, this is supposed to be set in Canada, even though it was filmed in Milwaukee. Uh, but at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, so are there just trog pits all over the yeah. place in Canada? Because, yeah. See the Super Bowl ad for it. <laughs> <laughs> because newsflash, folks, it reveals there's more than one trog pit in this movie. So apparently this is a Canadian epidemic. Yeah, it is. It Just know that it is. It's... And I'm looking at the design of the trogs, and I call bullshit on the theory that George Lucas was inspired by the trogs to create the Ewoks because even when they're running around, I did not see Ewok at all. No, no. I, I, I saw maybe like uh, Chaka from land of the lost, but, right? not, yeah. <laughs> but that's accurate, but not Ewoks. It was, it was, yes. The, the movie makes no sense because you go into it and he's just trying to look at naked women. Like, I'm like, Oh, he's going to, this is going to become a a psychosexual thriller. Like he's going to, you know, kill women. Maybe he's going to kill the women and feed them to the trogs. Like maybe that's how the, you know, maybe that's how he disposes of the body. Also, because I mean, because when they made the mention that this was like, what, the fourth or fifth caretaker, I'm going, oh, so he's, because these care, I was immediately thinking, okay, because, so these caretakers are not being. I'm here. I'm so sorry. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) hello, producer Chris. Hello. What have I missed? Oh, so much. You missed the movie you didn't bother watching, The Pit. I wish I wish you would have watched it. I would have <laughs> loved to have known his take on on this film. Oh, I'm sure I'll be subjected to it at some point in my future. 
But yeah, I was thinking that he was whenever he saw something in the caretakers he didn't like that he or, you know or they w- would refuse his advances that he fed them to the trogs. But nope, yeah. that's not what happened. Like he would kill them and use the trogs to dispose of the bodies, and eventually the trogs get out, and he is forced to reckon with his, um, you know, his his activities. But no, his that's not what way. this was. That's not this one. That's not what no. this was at all. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> because his his weird sexual proclivities do not coincide with a demonic talking bear, which do not coincide with a pit full of trogs <laughs> at all. No, none of it at all whatsoever. And it's like <laughs> the scene where he feeds them the chocolate candy bars. I was like chocolate candy bars at him. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God. And then he discovered, and then he discovers that what they like is meat. So then he goes to like Bob, the butcher from the Brady bunch. And yeah. Starts buying ten pounds of meat. Is whatever. Just, like, just give me the meat. Whatever. I don't care. Wait a minute. Chocolate bars, meat, sexual proclivities. Is this my biopic? No. Yes. P- possessed, possessed bear that lives in your house. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Like throws like a twenty dollar bill at him and says, "How much? What can I get with this?" Right. Just give me the meat. Like, the police's case against this kid has to be so strong. Oh, God, you know it. <laughs> and they're just like, nope, he's just a disturbed child. He's just special. What kind of books was he checking out? Um, <laughs> animal Husbandry and yeah, Arts. Yeah, he checked out a book on ha- Animal Husbandry, yeah. This a lot like me. This movie was pretty wild. Like, it might be, it's definitely the horniest movie we've watched, and we've watched uh, Liquid Sky. Yeah, it definitely is. And what makes it the most disturbing is the fact that the horniness is coming from a 13-year-old boy. And then if if, if that wasn't enough, then we got the the oh-so-wonderful, as you described it, the Benny Hillness of pit pit murders. Is this supposed to be funny? They were hilarious. I was cracking up at each one, especially the woman in the wheelchair. I, the woman in the wheelchair and then the, the caretaker's boyfriend. That one was the one that, that got me. By the way, <laughs> uh, remind me about the caretaker's boyfriend. But the caretaker, the woman in the wheelchair was good. But the caretaker's boyfriend, like, there's a clearing up ahead we can play football in. It's like a five foot by five foot clearing with a three foot by three foot pole with the drugs <laughs> in it. And he's just like, go long, and throws it. The guy takes two steps and ends up in a pit. What is happening here? And see, that's the thing, is for two of the murders, the the blind woman in the wheelchair, and then the, uh, and we'll get back to the Halloween couple in the dark in a moment. Those murders, I can understand them not seeing the pit. But the little girl who just runs straight forward into (laughs) it, and the boyfriend who goes long, it's in broad daylight. How the hell did they miss that pit? Because there's nothing hiding this pit. It is clearly a gigantic pit in the ground in the middle of a forest meadow. Yes, that's all it is. And again, we're talking like, and I'm not exaggerating, in the film, it's like six foot by six foot clearing. It's huge. And, the, and, the, and, the, and the pit's like four foot by, by, of the six feet is a pit. Full of ravenous trog creatures. It's and this almost, guy's like, yeah. It's oh, almost, no. 
it's it's almost like the pit in the back of the Freeling's house and Poltergeist when they're building the, yeah. the swimming pool. That's about how big it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, what do you have to say about the Halloween couple? Because I want I have something to say about that. I want to know what you have to say first. Um, <laughs> the Halloween couple. Um, I mean, I understand why they got their comeuppance after what happened. Uh, I, I, I just I, hit I, in the face for no good reason. For no reason. I was like, oh yeah, they're dead. Uh, but the way he killed off the female of the Halloween couple cracked me up because here she is running in the forest and she's all scared and he just walks up behind her and goes, hi, and boom, she faints. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and when she falls and faints, it's not like a fainting or anything. It's like he came up behind her and bopped her over the head with a hammer. Right. <laughs> But he had nothing in his hands. I mean, she just fell and is like totally unconscious. And I'm like, oh, that's convenient. And the yeah. creepiest the, of all of the things that happened in this movie, the creepiest thing happens in that scene because she, he's what was he dressed up as? He was dressed up as a ghost. He was. a No, no. The the boyfriend, the the guy who punched him in the face. I can't oh, remember. I can't remember what he was dressed up as. The girl was dressed up in some sort of like. It was pretty, a it was like a ballerina outfit because yeah, he had a tutu outfit. on and he says he's throwing her in the trog pit and he takes off and he, he reaches down and grabs her tutu and says, you're not going to need this anymore. Takes it off apropos of nothing and then throws her in the trog pit. Yeah. What was that? What was that? <laughs> oh, and then he frames it on another guy by planting the evidence in the car. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, this kid is a psycho. This this is the bad seed. Yeah, this right is the here. movie. This is the movie. Remove the <coughs> the possessed bear, which what I don't know what the point Honestly, of the possessed had bear no was. No point in this movie, yeah. You know, you could even remove the trogs, just make it a pit he's throwing bodies into. <laughs> and that's the movie. I don't under I like like I need the history of this. Somebody needs to do a, a documentary or like a like a vice article on the history of this because i need to know what happened here so now so now what what is your take on the boyfriend the uh the one with the most obvious death in the movie what, what, how, what's your take on him how long was he dead before she hooked up with uh with the tom Selleck lookalike <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good question, because it seemed like instantaneous. And he asks, have you heard from blah, blah, blah? No, he just disappeared. It's three days later. Let's make out. And then uh, my mustache and I are going to drive off. <laughs> I was like, wait, how long is this movie? What's the period of time this movie is supposed to be taking place during? They really don't explain that. That's the problem with so many of the movies we watch is that we have no time frame. Like, it's, I, I felt like I was dead again. We're like, when does this movie take place? How long is this movie? <laughs> I also love the inconvenient sheriff. <laughs> the inconvenient sheriff is like, you know why I moved this town? It's because nothing happens here. Oh, another dead body. God damn it. the 13th dead body in two days. Nothing ever happens in this town. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> You do. <laughs> it is pure 80s camp. Is like pure there is a 80s. there is a scene. It is a five minute. No, I'm going to say three minute. I don't want to exaggerate because I don't need to. 
there is a three minute scene in this movie with this 14 year old perv sitting in the bedroom while his caretaker sleeps with one titty hanging out. Yeah. And he's just looking at it and the camera's just on it for like two it's solid like minutes. Extreme close up of the nipple. This is one of the most extreme close ups of a nipple I've ever seen. I mean, you, you could see the pores on her nipple. And why, <laughs> why did she let this go on? Like, he was in the room while she was showering, writing on, writing with lipstick on the mirror. I love you. <laughs> like, he keeps trying to get, he's 14, he keeps trying to get with this caretaker lady, who's double, like, she says, I'm double your age. Like, he keeps looking at her naked, trying to get her naked. Like, she's having runs with other teachers that are like, yeah, this kid's a problem. You should ask the librarian, whom he cut a head off of a picture and pasted it on an art book that he cut up and then mailed it to her so you could watch her through a window. No, the kid, kid's fine. I'll just now, keep living in this house alone with this kid. I have no reason to protect myself and lock my bedroom door at night. He's not going to do anything skeevy. Yeah, he's not going to sit in this room and watch my boob hang out. <laughs> and then um we have her accidental death which which was actually a pure accident um yeah i feel like that was the point at which we were supp- he he made the turn back to like oh i've made some mistakes in my life i'm gonna he's <laughs> like oops i took this too far um and then the trogs escape and they get killed and that's all over with and inexplicably the kid is suddenly sent to his grandparents to live. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just yeah. out of nowhere. It's like, okay, we're sending him to his grandparents and they introduced him to, um, was it, was it his, his cousin? Who was she? She was his cousin. Yeah. She was his cousin. Okay. And they hit it off immediately. And, I, I automatically suspect there's something weird about her too, <laughs> and maybe it's just her acting choices. I yeah, don't everybody, know. there was something wrong with everyone in this film. Oh yeah, this was this this had hard Lynch vibes, like <laughs> laid over it. <laughs> and so they they play chase and they run into the same exact woods. Yeah, it's like just across, like it was the other side of the forest is where the grandparents lived. <laughs> And they come across another pit, and he's just like, oh, no, this isn't just any pit. The the trogs live in there. She's like, yes, I know, and shoves him in the pit. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's a way to end the movie. <laughs> well, now you've ruined it for me. <laughs> so what did you think of that ending? What did I think of the ending? <laughs> when did this movie end? <laughs> I feel like Matthew McConaughey, a true detective. Um, did, did this movie end? Um, so were they setting up a sequel? I am. I have no idea. I don't know if it was like. I mean, I made a, a reference to the bad seeds. I don't know if it was like a bad seed thing where it's like, okay, we're going to punish this kid for everything he did in this movie. Yeah. Or they were hoping for the pit two or <laughs> something. I don't know. We I haven't guess. even talked about when the Trogs escaped and attacked the Skinny Dippers, who were skinny, <laughs> apropos of literally nothing. Yeah, when like, the, we need another pair of breasts in this movie. Exactly. Like, let's go after the Skinny Dippers. And yeah, so so these Trogs, when we finally get to see these Trogs, they look like the the uh, the the ape men from 2001 of Space Odyssey. That's true. Yeah. 
running around. And so we do get a money shot of what they look like. And they just inexplicably uh, not only attack the skinny dippers, but we apparently had an attack off camera in a cornfield. Oh, yeah, that guy that got all ripped up. Yeah. So we had that happen also. Uh, and when oh, they also get executed. Yeah. Straight up, straight up, the trogs get straight up executed. Yeah, it's like all these Canadians with guns. All of a sudden, it's like, it's like all the. That's U-Bers. every Canadian that has a gun, by the way. <laughs> it's like they called everybody up in the Great White North who had hunting licenses to go after these people or these creatures. And what kills me is the trogs instead of running off decide to return to the pit where there's no safety. Right. It yeah. makes it's literally like it is literally shooting fish in a barrel at that point for the hunters. <laughs> it's just it's I don't know how I feel about the ending. I guess it was perfect for the movie that it was. You know, like like my thing is there's no denouement. So immediately after <coughs> this kid kills you know, uh, X number of people, and then I guess that gets pinned on the trogs. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's no denouement. There's nothing like, no like scientific journals, you know, uh, uh, documenting these trogs before the kid. The next scene we get is just the kid is at the grandparents' house. Well, and yeah, there's no documentation because they bury the trogs. Oh, that's true. They did. They, they, they buried. Did. They, there was they a scene buried with a backhoe. All- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they- they buried all evidence of this. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They did. They did because it's a nice town. And we wouldn't want anybody to know there's trogs here. Yeah, we don't want them science people here. So, so yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I I thought it was I thought it was the ending that that the movie deserved. <laughs> <laughs> it's the not only- the ending that that we wanted, but it's the ending that we deserved for sitting through 90 minutes of that. <laughs> the only thing that was missing at the end of that was music that went da 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 ba da ba da da That was all that was missing because that was the type of ending it was. <laughs> it's very very British wacky dry wit humor type of very Van ending. Hill. Yeah. Oh well, the scene with the wheelchair. Yeah. yeah, that was very Betty Hill. That was Yakety Sax all over. Yeah, the place. I actually sent yeah. you and I was like, this all this is missing is Yakety Sax. Yeah, that's <laughs> like totally what it was. Yeah, it, if it if it had hee haw stings, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> there were a lot of moments where this movie actually could have benefited from hee haw stings, like after when after he kills the woman in the wheelchair and he's he's doing those abrupt. Like Willem Dafoe facial expressions while he's giving his little monologue as to why he did it. Well, you, you really needed like Roy Clark in the background with the banjo at that point. Every time he took somebody out to the when he figured out he could take people out to there and feed them to the trogs in mm-hmm. the woods. Every time he would come back down the path, it was like a it was a comedy beat. Yeah. So like he'd drive out in the wheelchair or ride out on the girl's bike that wouldn't, you know, they they kept calling him a funny person. What does that mean? Um, you're a funny person. Like what? Are you? Is this like a? Is what are we doing? And then he'd like ride out on her bike or ride out on the wheelchair or come out with the football. Mm-hmm. Like every time, like it was a comedy beat. It was weird. It yeah. was weird. 
It's like it's like I messaged you. All that's missing is little, you know, Tiffany things from Gilligan's Island or Petticoat Junction or something. Because it, 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 yeah, it really it really felt like those moments. Bizarre, bizarre film, but I can't recommend it enough. Um, if if you have Shutter, you need to witness this thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I you know it's it's in the top half of the movies that we've watched. Let's put it that way. It's in yeah. the. It's in the top 50% of, of what we've seen. Uh, there's a lot of camp. There's a lot of 80s nostalgia. If you like 80s horror films, which I absolutely love them, you know, this movie falls into that category pretty hard. Um, it's weird. It's worth watching just because it's weird and somehow that weirdness all works together. Like, they figured out by accident how to make a weird horror movie. Oh, so this is a 1980s Canadian movie? Yes. So it's actually 1960. The 80s hadn't happened yet. <laughs> right. Well, the haircuts definitely. Oh, yeah. We're, we're like early 70s shag haircuts. Well, the way the kid was dressed and he had his hair done, it looked like he was going to go get his portrait done at, at JCPenney's oh, you know, sure. that afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so, ah. Uh, well, March is going to be a very busy month for us because we're bringing you two episodes in the month of March. No, you can't do it. It's too much. <laughs> Don't tell me it's too much. I just watched a psychosexual monster flick with a possessed teddy bear. <laughs> I can do anything. Well, it's funny you say that because um, our attention in the month of March turns to the streaming service HBO Max. Um, So first things first, the Snyder cut to Justice League drops in March. Yes. All four hours and nine minutes. Fantastic. I cannot wait. So we are going to witness this potential train wreck and give you our our thoughts on it. Because let's face it. Zack Snyder played Warner Brothers good with this and had the help of a bunch of people online to get this behemoth made. Um, you mean Albatross? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got Paul Walker in it from that Fast and Furious movie. They took that CG and just put it in it. Mark my words. <laughs> so uh, we're going to bear witness to that, but that's on top of our monthly film so i told andy that the clue was spring break yes you did now originally i was going to spring on to him the the 2002 flop from justin to kelly um which is set in fort lauderdale florida spring break and a bunch of musical numbers and kelly clarkson not being able to act at all but i decided let's stay in the 80s i'm very comfortable there for now, let's stay in the 80s and let's stay in Florida, as a matter of fact. Um, sure. Specifically, SeaWorld in Florida. Oh, no. We, we are going to bear witness to 1983's 0% on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> cinematic treasure, Jaws 3D. Yes. 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 I am so in. Yes, baby. <laughs> Now, I expected a Jaws turn in the movie we just watched, by the way. What's that? I expected a Jaws turn in the movie we just watched. Yeah. Like, 
I kind of expected a little bit of a Jaws turn with the, the Trogs and the Sheriff, but that didn't happen. They, didn't missed happen. A, they missed an opportunity to shove another movie into that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you have uh, HBO Max Jaws 3D, actually all the Jaws movies are available on there right now. And uh, we're not the version we're going to watch, unfortunately, is not in 3D. It's not available in 3D, but you don't need 3D to be able to witness just how <laughs> the majesty. The magic, yes. The, the the film that is the equivalent of a Amtrak on fire falling off of the Empire State's building. So the Gilded Lily of the franchise. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, a film that has the has that has the audacity to to take Academy Award winner Louis Gossett Jr. fresh off of his Academy Award win, um, a then unknown Dennis Quaid. Well, not. Well, I guess he was like semi-known at that point. Didn't he? And, he did Dreamscapes by then, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. And then, and then we had a pre-Back to the Future Leah Thompson, and threw him into this mess of a film with what has been recently declared by WatchMojo.com as cinema's worst special effects in horror film history, which it's is so saying a good. lot. It's so good. <laughs> We watched The Kindred. <laughs> we watched Amanda Pay's hotness turn into a fish lady. Uh, they're going to have to really work for it. All right. We watched Premutos. <laughs> That's not a film. I'm still not sure what that is. So, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to bear witness to the, to, the, to the awesomeness that is Jaws 3D. So there you go, folks. Uh, again, you can find us on Twitter at These Films Exist, and you can find us on Facebook under Cult Cinema Catacombs. Uh, we're on, if you're not listening to us on Spotify, you can find us there on Spotify if it's easier for you to find instead of going to um, the website to, to listen to the episodes. And we will be back next month twice for Jaws and Justice League. It'll be interesting to see which one is the better film of the two. <laughs> I, I think Justice League is going to surprise you with the balls out craziness that it's going to be. I think it's going to surprise you in that respect. My biggest question I have right now about Justice League is, is it in color or is it in black <laughs> white? Because, I mean, we're getting pictures in color and then we're getting all this shit in black and white. And I'm like, choose, choose, choose a pigment. What are we kidding? <laughs> Though I do love your idea that that you know that that uh, Zack Snyder has the balls to make it where all of the stuff that um, was filmed after he quit, wh- or after he was fired, it stays in color, and everything that he filmed when he was brought back is in black and white. Oh, I think he's pedantic <laughs> enough to pull that shit. I 100% <laughs> think that he would pull that. I, I have no doubt in my mind. That is something that we could 100% see from Zack Snyder because he's an asshole. <laughs> I totally see it happening. Oh, my God. All right, folks. Well, that's the end of our episode. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next month. Bye.